Broadcasting live via Ustream or downloaded directly to your mobile device. Bagdenboard.com presents the Bagdon Boardcast. Oh my goodness, that is crazy. Why are we friends with them? Oh. <laughs> Um, but I didn't get like to your mom was here. Uh, you said your parents don't listen to this. He just looked at me like, I really want to like punch you. It doesn't work if you're not wearing Why? a mariachi suit. Uh, not wearing a Hey everyone, welcome to Bag and Boracast episode number 116. I'm Chris. I'm John. I'm Paul. We're the weekly podcast that comes to you three ways. The first being the Weekend Geek, bringing you the top Geek stories of the past week. Then we go into our the list. The list. <laughs> the comic books we're most looking forward to March fourteenth. Oh, we're doing March fourteenth. Wait, what day is it? Twenty eighth. Is it the twenty first? Would be the comic books the this day. week. We can do the fourteenth because we didn't do the fourteenth. I look up the twenty eighth. Well, we're, I we're looked up. Disorders. I have a book for the for the fourteenth, and I have a ah, book God. for the twenty first. I don't have a book for Garoo. the twenty eighth yet. So I'm the fourteenth. It's okay. It's been it's a long been a day. Busy day. Man. It's St. Patrick's Day. It's yeah. Mar- we're in full March Madness mode, so that brings us to our main topic: the March Madness. What did I call it? I called it the Bagdenboard Bagdenboard bracket March Madness comic book creator bracket. Craze. Craze. <laughs> yeah, where's the craze on this thing? Oh, it dropped it. It dropped, it dropped the craze. It it's okay craze. because we picked it back up. We're running with it. Which, like we're running off topic. We're running off topic. And what's great after a nice run? A nice, refreshing beverage. Yes. And since it is St. Patty's Day, um, <laughs> almost. It was yesterday, but who's counting? There was a parade here in Buffalo today. It was yesterday. Today. today it was the St. Patrick's Day Parade, which Buffalo has the second largest St. Patrick's Day celebration anywhere in the world outside of Ireland. Yes, and also, we also have the second largest Dingus Day celebration. Wow. Chicago has this beat. That's, that's surprising. I, I think Chicago has this beat in both. Hmm. Uh, St. Patrick's Day and Dingus Day. I thought it would have been Boston. It's close for St. Patrick's Day. Chicago dies there, River Green. I don't know. On St. Patrick's Day. crazy. What else is crazy is the Saranac beer we're drinking. Yeah. I, I must not have gotten some pour because I think I still have the water in my glass that I was drinking before. <laughs> yeah, it is a very light taste. And Saranac, you know, we love their white IPA. And this is their Irish Red Ale. And uh, we're doing competition all today. It's a competition day. It's, it's We're going to put this up against the Flying Bison Brewery Company Aviator Red, which is also an Irish style red ale. Um, so far, I do not. I like the color on this quite a bit, but I'm almost like would rather buy a kill, uh, Killian's, yeah. which is really sad. Yeah, there's I mean, nothing to this beer at all. Yeah, yeah it, <clears throat> there really isn't. Um, and I wouldn't say it's sad. I mean, Saranax. They put out a lot of beer, mm-hmm. and they're a smaller kind of brewery. You can't always have winners, and this is obviously not one of their winners. It is, yeah, one of their weakest beers, and it makes me sad. This, this is, is like one of the weakest reds I've ever had. Not just mm-hmm. like, I call this a weak beer all around, not just for Saranac. Like, it's just, yeah. ugh. And, you know, we've been drinking 
basically Guinness for the past day and a half, right? So No, actually. Really? I had the two at uh, your sister's with the car bombs, but that was it. I had some yesterday. Had some yesterday. I had some yesterday. Okay. Yeah. I was just drinking whatever I could get my hands on today. <laughs> I didn't pay for one drink, so it was cool. There you go. That is really I, good. Yeah. It was a good day. I'm loving it. It was 75 outside in Buffalo. Suck on that rest of the world. It was really nice. It's been really nice weather for March in Buffalo, so hey. That, that is, that could be big news around the world. Buffalo has nice weather. Well, what's the big news for us? The geeks of the world? Yes. Well, I know that uh, WonderCon's going on. I'm sorry. But what? You'll know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but before that, uh, for WonderCon, since we're doing our pick for the 14th, I think the biggest news was... Oh, uh, I, I was going to see what week are we doing, because I can find something else. No, it's, it's good. just that's the week that automatically loaded on my phone, and I don't know what day it is. <laughs> well, so it's St. Patrick's Day, which is the 17th. I don't care what day is what. It just <laughs> popped up with the 14th, so I thought, oh, that's whatever day it is. WonderCon news, Paul. WonderCon news. Uh, Brian Wood is coming on to the X-Men main title. Objectiveless X-Men. Uh, Carrie Gillian is will, will no longer be writing the book in June. Now, is that one of their three ninety nine books? Uh, not sure. Because but, another big thing that Marvel's doing is all three ninety nine books. When you buy them, you also get a code to get the digital copy of them, which I think is a smart play by Marvel. Yeah, John, you are like the digital comics reader now. I am. In fact, I pull up your shirt and just read comics on you digitally. I, I don't even know what that means. Because <laughs> you it made it sound like you are the actual oh, reader. Ah, uh, ah. Yeah. Wordplay. <laughs> That's what I do here. <laughs> it is what Paul does here. Yes, you were going to ask me something about it. No, no. Well, what do you think about this? Are you going to be more inclined to pick up more Marvel books since you'll be able to also download them? Or will you be like, oh, that's cool if I could just spend the dollar to get it digitally only instead of getting the print copy? Um, I don't know. I really, there's no Marvel books that I'm really clamoring for except for Daredevil. Mm -hmm. I think that's the only Marvel book. Um, I'm enjoying Winter Soldier, but it's not like top priority. And they, there's um, Fanta or, uh, Nick Fury miniseries coming up that seems interesting, but to get those either digitally or paper, yeah, I don't really care as, as long as I read it. Are you reading digitally like trades? Because at that point, I can understand why maybe I also had the digital cop. Excuse me, the digital copy. If I was reading it all, kind of like as a trade volume, where instead of pulling out my individual issues, going back and rereading. Um, I am like I. Read a couple issues, but mostly what I've read is volume one and two of Lock and Key, which I've really liked. And uh, I do wish I had the hard copy to give to you guys to borrow. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I got the first volume for four ninety nine, and the other one for nine ninety nine. Hmm. 
So, I mean, I just thought those are good deals, and I wanted to check them out. Sound like good deals. Sound like good deals. <laughs> uh, other creative news. Uh, Amy Reader is leaving Batwoman. Uh, for creative differences, uh, she said the creative differences were unattainable. Uh, I'm not sure if it was editorially or with uh, the co-writer. Also, the art- artist on it is Jade Williams III. Uh, but it is weird to have somebody come on the book and only like manage two issues before ejecting themselves from it. Uh, just, I'm wondering if they're still holding to what uh, Ed Brubaker basically had planned for Greg the character. Greg Rucka, yes. They both wrote Gotham Central together, yes. so I get them confused yes. quite often. Uh, yeah, Greg, mm-hmm. Greg Rucka had planned for the character, and maybe they're still on that kind of schedule. And, you know, she came in and wanted to do her thing with that woman. You know, uh, this is all from her Twitter account that she actually said that she was leaving the book because of the creative differences. Hmm. I can imagine, like, coming onto this book and wanting to do something, and then maybe just people saying, like, no, that's not what we're going to do, we're going to do this, and then yeah, feeling right. you don't have a story to tell out of mm-hmm. out of that. Yeah, at that point you're telling someone else's story, so it's like, why even why be the writer? you on it? Yeah. So I can understand that. It makes sense. Especially because J.H. has been there from the beginning. Maybe the inception mm-hmm. of Batwoman. So yeah, I can see that being a problem. And being something that you can't really avoid. Mm-hmm. Because he was there, he helped co-create the character, he's got vision for it. He knows what Greg Rucka wanted to do with it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, basically you're just kind of writing someone else's words at that point. It's so weird that DC's been so successful kind of in the market with the New 52, but with their own creative teams, not as successful. Um, top 10 in February. Owned top 10. Yeah. All top 10 were DC. Though Marvel did retake the market share again with... Uh, 38.61% of the market share, and DC only had 35.26% of the market share. So it's not it's, a big gap. It's a slim gap, but yeah, it's so weird that all top 10 books, oh, all DC. And nice. then Marvel still was able to come out with the market share. Well, it must be ploys like Bendis bringing in Spider-Men into their lineup. Oh, yes. we're just clicking on these newsfeed. <laughs> One to another. The Spider-Men? Spider-Men is coming out. They're not saying uh, what it's going to be, but it's being hinted as that it might be Peter Parker coming in with the new Spider-Man in uh, the Ultimate line. But nobody, Ma- Miles Morales? Yeah. Nobody exactly oh, knows what the Spider-Men is going to be, but it's him and the artist from... The Ultimate Spider-Man line. So, Bagley, or... Because um, Bagley uh, did it forever. Yeah, and then Stuart Eminem took it over. I think yeah. Bagley's back on it. Uh, is Shelly? Carlos Burcello? No. no. That's, she's um, she's the artist that did the new... That brought in um, Miles Morales. Hmm. Yeah, but I'm remembering back quite a few years now. What, five years? Uh... When Ultimate Fantastic Four was going to have had a 
a storyline that was going to be called, like, Crossover. Mm-hmm. And people were thinking, oh, it might be them crossing over the Ultimates and mm-hmm. the regular continuity. And then it turned out to be the launch and the dawn of Marvel Zombies. Yeah. And not so much the Ultimate Crossover. So I'm thinking this might be the same bag of tricks being pulled out, like, oh, we're going to cross it over. That makes sense. Because why would they... If they're going to cross it over, it's not going to just be in one book. Yeah. It'd be a big thing. It's going to be a huge thing. Exactly. It's... Even though Ultimate Spider-Man is the flagship book of the Ultimate Universe, I still think it would be a bigger deal than just in... Amazing Spider-Man right now. Yeah. Uh, Is it bad that I just don't care about Spider-Man anymore? No. One more day. I feel kind of the same way. Mm -hmm. I liked him in Fantastic Four, but I still... I didn't enjoy those books with the Fantastic Four and Amazing Spider-Man. Like, I mean, every once in a while when they do something big or new with... Mm -hmm. Or try to do something with Spider-Man, I go and I try to read them, but... I just can't get into that world. And that was one of those superheroes that I grew up with. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I still like Spider-Man, but I, just, I don't care about the books anymore. I haven't in years. Ever since the other storyline, like, years ago now. Like, that's when I jumped off, and I haven't really regretted it at all since. No. Me either. And it, yeah, it's it's definitely trying to find a way back in our hearts. I, yeah, this is a really cool say, I, I'm I'm wondering where you're going with this one, Paul. Uh, much like SimCity is finding a way back into my heart, and now it's at GDC. SimCity yeah. is coming back. How long has it been since the SimCity game? 2000? <laughs> yeah, which came out before 2000, <laughs> SimCity 2000. Well, no, they had SimCity 3000. Yeah, and but SimCity 2000 is probably the last one that I played, like, actually really liked and played, though, because there were other Sim games, like the one SimCopter where you could build the city in and then fly the helicopter around to look at it. SimCity Street, like, same kind of deal. Like, there was some bad SimCity games. Uh, oh, man, what's his name? Sid Meier. Sid Meier is not going to be attached to this project still. Um, Does he even work for Maxis anymore? No, I was going to say. Why. Yeah. But EA is going to be uh, distributing it, uh, distributing it, and uh, there was a big press conference at um, GDC. Hmm. All about the return of SimCity. Well, speaking about returns, uh, Diablo 3, we've talked about it a lot, but it has an official release date now. Official? Official, May 15th. Oh, and that's a lot sooner than I thought. It's a lot sooner. Um, I was thinking October. Well, back during one of their investor calls, they mm-hmm. had mentioned something about it coming out in third quarter, and people were assuming, like, oh, probably June or July. Um, mm-hmm. They're getting it out before that, though. They're coming out with it in May. Uh, no word about them shutting down the beta, so that's still going to be running up until the game comes out. It sounds like a lot yep. like they did with StarCraft. And StarCraft 2 had a two- to three-week public beta also. Yeah. So, we give you a good demo. They said, uh, I know as part of this getting it out sooner at that Battlegrounds area, it will not be multiplayer at all. Apparently, you could bring your character in and just... I don't know what the Battlegrounds were, but I would imagine... Was it like an open-world PvP? Yeah, kind of, I think. And it was supposed to be multiplayer, and now it's going to be just single-player. And also no real world word on it coming out on consoles still. So I don't think we'll see anything for at least a year after the game comes out for consoles, yeah, like, honestly. Well, let's see what was the turnaround time for The Witcher Two? Uh, it was over a year. Yeah. 
So it's still not even out yet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because that came out over a year ago. So The Witcher two and The Witcher has still not come out for either of the major systems. Yeah. It's just been PC only. So I wouldn't be surprised if it has like a year long cycle. But with it being the end of this console generation, I wonder if they. Well, it's Blizzard, so I don't think they even care. No. Because StarCraft 64 came out pretty much at the end of the 64's life cycle. But that's not fair, because the 64 life cycle was pretty much the release date, and then two weeks after uh, Star Wars Shadows of the Empire came out. Wow. I'm just saying that because I hated the N64. What you want to do? <laughs> this is my one, so I didn't really care. Yeah, neither did I. You had one? It never did. Never did? Never. never. I still have my Super Nintendo, though. Mm-hmm. And 64 was kind of a crap system. Mm. I'm saying it. You guys can send me your hate letters. I'm not going to it. had, like, the joystick in the middle. Yeah. People only liked it for Super Smash Brothers and Pokemon Snap. Yeah. Mm. What, about, what about Mario 64? Wasn't that the shit? Meh. No? No, okay. Yeah. I don't think I ever played it. I, I would say that Super Mario Sunshine was better than Mario 64. That'll get some hate letters. <laughs> yeah, people seem to really like that game, though. Mm-hmm. Any other news? No. Any other news? Yes. What? Uh, I'd have to say, when we go to the movies, one of the big things is you pay a lot for the ticket, and then you have to pay a lot to get a popcorn. Yes. Or a pop. Just recently I got um, I went to the movies and got nachos. Which I got one of those little 25 cent bag mm-hmm. of uh, tortilla chips and a shot of cheese for like six bucks. And I was kind of like, what the fuck? And a man in Michigan said the same thing and is now suing AMC <laughs> uh, theaters for price gouging. What? So I don't know if it's just something to bring it to people's attention. That you're getting ripped off at movie no, theaters? I feel like everyone knows Everybody knows it. Because that's where they get and their I money think, from. Mm-hmm. You don't have to buy it. Like, if it was a necessity, like, I could understand it. But no, you're going in there and you're choosing to pay that much for it. No. Yeah. You could easily not. Don't be a fatty. <laughs> like, that's that's the taking, banner I wave. Is he taking him to the small claims court? Um, I don't know. Because that one guy that sued AT&T and took him to the small claims court for... Uh, throttling his internet access when he had the unlimited plan, and he won the $891 <laughs> that he sued him for. Well, in small claims court, you don't need representation, mm-hmm. so he just won alone, so he had really, he paid 25 bucks to, you know, have the court. And so he walked out, you know, with that money, and now he's, like, going online and telling other people how to do it, like, exactly how to sue him, because, as we know, AT&T lobbied Congress and made sure that uh, they can no longer be sued uh, with a class action lawsuit, and most companies are going to follow the same. We use that as precedent. Yeah. You can no longer sue companies with a class action. So this guy was kind of smart about it and said, you know what, if we can't do a class action lawsuit, I'll just take him to small claims court. So if you have one million subscribers to a thing, that all are affected by the same thing that affected you, and you take them to small claims court for $891, that's still, that would be $891 of payout, plus the legal expenses that those people would have to, uh, that the companies would have to pay to fly a lawyer or a representative out to each and every court yeah. to make the appearance. 
instead of just settling, which they, which was in the news because uh, he posted up the letter with uh, AT&T trying to get, have him settle and also sign a non-disclosure agreement so he could no longer talk about how he did it. Mm-hmm. Just smart, smart, probably paying out a lot more so that way he wouldn't talk about the settlement yeah. anymore. <clears throat> but it would, it's a class action lawsuit. That, yeah. um, just in hopes to lower prices. It's not going to happen. It's, yeah, because yeah. the theaters won't stay open. They make, I mean, like, where I work, we sell a soda with three refills for $1.50. Mm-hmm. It's over 100% profit for us off of one of those syrup things. Mm-hmm. They're charging $5 for the same size without the refills. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's huge. It is a huge profit. Yeah, but that's how they get their money to pay everyone that's there and get the movies in there. They make yeah. no money from showing those until the third or fourth week. The first two, three weeks you see a movie, all that money goes directly to the studios. That's why you can't use a coupon in the first three weeks yeah. of a movie opening. So that's where Most of the like, time. all of their money comes from. Like, if you want to see a movie and you want snacks, that's where they're getting the money. Like, because they see nothing from the ticket sales. Yeah. Yep. What? That's why the drive-in movie theater business is dead. Oh, no, it's alive and uh, on life support in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, so which, we, we got one. You know, I, I like the drive-in. We used to have two until a couple yeah. years ago. One of them shut down. Yeah, we used to have, well, three. There was three, yeah. Yeah, now there's just the one. I still go every year. I go, like, once every two years or so. Like, I didn't go last year at all. I probably might have gone this summer just because I haven't. True. It's, it's a good time. Driving, so you and go all the time when I was little. All these movies coming out? The geek movies? Yeah. It'd be nice to see a double feature of, like, The Avengers and Batman or something. That would be awesome. Yeah, or Spider-Man. Last, Avengers and Spider-Man. Last time I went to the drive-thru, it was uh, Star Trek with Transformers 2, hmm. which I want to go see Star Trek because it was just kind of one of those, like, I'll see Transformers 2. Mm-hmm. Why not? You know what? Geez, the last movie I saw in the drive-ins, Click and RV with uh, Rob Williams. That's and, horrible. Oh, that's really shitty. It was the only thing playing, and at the time, my girlfriend at the time had never been to the drive-ins. So that's we, not good. <laughs> they were like, I want to make sure she never wants to go again. <laughs> well, let's see Click. <laughs> she wanted to see Click, uh, which wasn't very good. But RV, I stand by that movie's fun. I like that movie. That's, that's Kate and Maya's retirement plan. Is getting an RV. Oh, I thought you were going to say you become Robin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I'm covering myself in hair now. Rings. <laughs> we're going to activate the shape of Robin Williams. You just get really hairy. <laughs> they start talking like this. Oh, ha, you. <laughs> Taking my tie off. I'm getting casual. Getting cash. Because I'm looking forward to some books. Yes. Comic the, books. The 21st of March. I found a book for the 21st. You did? Oh, yes. you are doing the 21st. I it up. All right. Those... I'm going to throw my book for the 14th out there just real quick. Okay, Fantastic Four, number 604. The end of the three-year storyline that uh, Jonathan Hickman has been running. And it was good. So I read it. Are you, are you going to keep reading Fantastic Four now that Hickman's done with his main story? Uh, yeah, gonna just, I'm going to finish off the Hickman run, and then I'm, depends on where they go with it. It's, because it's been epic. It's been really good. Who, who 
do you know who's picking up the writing duties? I, I haven't picked. If we didn't talk about it in the Weekend Geeks, then I didn't. Yeah, I don't think they've said yet. Yeah. He said he's going through to October. <laughs> they haven't solicited that far ahead yeah. yet. So, And they just talked about who's coming out on June, which was covered in the Weekend Geeks. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be Would excited be to see big, what name it is. Would it be a big factor if it was someone you didn't like? Or? Yeah. It, if it's Millar again, I'm not going to pick it up. Mark Millar. Don't like him. You don't? Nope. Well, what are you looking forward to on the 21st? 21st? I uh, guess he's coming back to X Factor. Who? Havoc. Is he? Who's he bringing? Who? Polaris. Really? <laughs> yes. That's awesome, because just before we started recording, uh, Paul's wife revealed that she had a green wig that she had bought for St. Patrick's Day and didn't have a chance to wear. <laughs> so it was like, it's shared in bed. And I was like, you have to call Paul Havoc. <laughs> I'm like, thanks for being there for me, man. I, I'm glad this worked out. Mm-hmm. It gives you something extra to look forward to now. And also, uh... Question- you, should, you should get to see if you can read the book while she's plowing you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the right use of that verb. No, I'll, I'll, I'll let it happen. Okay. <laughs> Being Polaris. What? You're getting stabbed with forks? <laughs> but uh, also one of the reasons I'm looking forward to this book isn't also because... uh kind of going to be made out of aluminum foil. It's going to be freaky, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> this is just because of green wigs and uh, my favorite one of my favorite uh, mutants is coming back to the book, Havoc. Uh... It's because at WonderCon, a panel, a person asked, uh, what were X Factor's plans on Avengers versus X Men? And they said, oh, X Factor is not tying into this one. Yay! Yay! Oh. Yes! It's not great. tying into an X Men event. Everything's coming up tall. Oh. <laughs> yes. So I'm kind of excited to see it. I, I'm, I'm very sad to see, uh, Multiple Man kind of go. Uh, away from the lead of this book because it's been a great. How many years now with from the Madrox mini oh, mini series up to? It's been a while. It's been at least like five, six years. Yeah, yeah. And um, no, I've been off and on on this book quite a few times, and you know, it's had its bad moments. But you know, when it was just the paranormal ex superhuman investigations and being private eye with. Uh, Jamie Matrox, it's been really good. And you know what, that guy's that book, that book has fought through so much stuff because yeah. that was out before the whole House of M stuff, right? Because then yeah. it had to deal with everyone losing powers. Mm-hmm. Like it's the one that always is like a good book that has to deal with what's going on in the yeah. X universe. It was kind of like the second batch of the new X Men books that they came out with after Astonishing X Men. They relaunched yeah. Uncanny, and I think the original, just like X-Men book, um, because they came out with Madrox, they also had mm-hmm. NYX, which was the book with... With Fisher. X-23? Oh. What am I thinking with X-23? I don't know. Was it just X-23? I, I believe so. Yeah, I think she just had her own book. NYX was with Bishop, you're right. Yeah. yeah. It was him as, like, the uh, policeman in Mutant Town. Yeah. There's another book that came out too, right? And during that time. Madrox Investigations or X Factor Investigations was also in Mutant Town. But uh, yeah, that's the book I'm looking forward to. John, you, you had a book for the 28th, but you found one for the 21st. I had one for the 21st. All right, what is uh, it? Sir? It's one of the DC's top ten books, um, and it's uh, Aquaman number seven. Um, You're still reading that. 
I'm I'm still picking it up. I've I really enjoyed the last two. Um, and uh, this one, it's kind of it's a new story arc, but it mm-hmm. it's been led up to with the other issues, and that's um, you find out how Atlantis was sunk and uh, who destroyed it. So it's I, I'm I'm sticking. This is one of the books that I think I'm going to stick with. For a while, just unless it really kind of loses me. But I've really enjoyed the stuff that they've had with these characters. Was it Ocean Master? Did Ocean Master sink Atlantis? No. Oh. Was it the Fisherman? Did the Fisherman sink Atlantis? Yes. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm trying to think of all the Aquaman villains. <laughs> uh, Black Manta and then who else? <laughs> yeah, Black Manta. Yeah, I went... The, the Fisherman. The Wizard. <laughs> The wiz- isn't there with the wizard? Or was that Aquaman for a while? I don't even know. Oh, yeah, he was blue with the beard. Yeah. When the other Aquaman was there who looked just like Aquaman. Uh-huh. And one year later. During yeah. one year later. And that is some gnarly head there, Chris. Yes. Yeah. Didn't go over at all, though. Boom. Boom. We're pouring our next round of beers. done. But, by uh, me. For me. <laughs> Enjoyed by everyone else, though. 21st. Your book. 21st. My book? I'm going to tell you what my book is. My book is actually going to be a book that was, <laughs> came out on the 14th. And I haven't gone to pick up my comic books yet, so this is the one I'm going to buy. How about that, Paul? <laughs> the book I'm buying on the 21st that came out on the 14th. These are your rules. I know. You're the one with the list. You you, you started the list before we were even a well, podcast. Since, since Paul threw it out there, um, a book from the 14th, I'm actually really looking forward to Green Lantern, number 7. Um, it's actually going into the history and origin of the Indigo Tribe, which is something that I'm really looking forward to. They've kind of been the wild card since everything happened with the different cores. Um, not to get a pun out there, but they're finally shedding a little bit of light on that. Um, so I'm looking forward to that one. But for the actual 21st, I'm looking forward to Justice League. Um, I'm still enjoying this book. It it delivers for me because it's exactly what I expected it to be and what I feel like a Justice League book should be. Mm-hmm. Um, but is this going to now it. take place in the present DCNU? Yeah, at this point we are back to current time. Are you afraid it's going to lose something since it's no longer them doing their first kind of I don't think, job I think together? So. Really? I think it still be fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is where you get to see those characters interacting, and yeah, at this point, they've been together for five years, but I'm still looking forward to seeing how they act now Mm -hmm. compared to how they were. Yeah, because Hal Jordan will no longer be as cocky, it seems. And wait, is Hal even a Green Lantern yet in the Green Lantern book? Yes, he is. Okay. I haven't been reading that book. Okay. Now we're going to the Indigo Lanterns again. Yes. I just don't care about the other cores anymore. You know, I understand people would have been really upset if they just kind of, like, they were only there for the Blackest Night and everything, and they got destroyed or something happened. But honestly, too much. But you have four other books for Green Lantern to read Green Lantern stories, so I guess it's all there. Like it. You like it? What book are you liking, though? You talked about it. You talked about Did it. Did you? Aquaman. Oh, that's oh. right. 
Fuck uh, you, I'm looking forward to Demon Knight number seven. Hey, I got that book. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I'd like to borrow it. <laughs> well, how about we all borrow a sip of the next beer? Actually, if uh, we want to raise our glass to our good friend hey. Aaron. Hey. From, uh, we have a good beer. Uh, we have a beer good enough to s- salute him. <laughs> so. Our friend Aaron at Confessions of Movie Snob married today to hey. his lovely bride, Rachel. Hey, hey congrats. congrats. To Aaron Rachel. Notice how I said that as a, uh, one word. Aaron <laughs> Rachel. Well, what do we have here? This is Aviator Red from Blind Bison Brewery, and it's the Irish-style red ale. And this has what the other one was hinting at, was merely hinting at, and that's flavor. Yeah, this one's much more flavorful. You get spice. Malt, spicy, like malty, malt, like smoky. A spicy, malty, smoky, yeah. It's it's what you would expect out of a red, um, yeah. but dark. It's darker, it's but it dark. still doesn't have like a heavy taste. No, or a absolutely smooth, creamy taste either. Yeah. It's not like a Guinness or a Stout where you you have a, that different mouthfeel. This does still feel like just your typical beer, you know. So still good on a hot day. Yeah, yeah. Or in a hot room. Mm-hmm. Hot studio. That's the hot dudes. Hey. I have full AC in this place, though, so sooner or later I'll turn it on. Sooner or later. I just realized my heat was still on, even though it's programmable, so it wasn't actually kicking on, yeah. so I just turned it off. I turned it's ours off so the other day. Like so when I, was, I got home, with windows open. I got home and I was like, it's it's in the 60s, I have to shut this shit off. I have windows I can open. Speaking about opening up, let's uh, open it up to our main topic. Which, oh, what are you calling it again? It is the Bagged and Bored Bracket March Madness Comic Book Creator Craze. That was it. Yeah, well, That's the bastard. That's the bastard. I have triple track windows here, so I can open up like two different windows to open up one. Crazy. So... What is this exactly, guys? Well, it's Paul's baby. This is Paul's baby. He's looking for us to... Because <laughs> I'm trying to open up the window so it's no longer so damn hot in the studio. The NCAA tournament is going on. So, you know, the college basketball tournament of oh, 32 okay, of 64 teams. Yeah, 64, right? Yeah. Oh, what are you asking us? 64 teams. No shit. Uh, college teams, so, you know, the top rated ones throughout the country come together, and it's called March Madness. And I love competition. I love making brackets. And last year, we tried doing a comic book bracket, and it kind of just sucked, because it took way too long to find winners. So instead of actually using numbers and actually plotting out sales and ratings and reviews, all stuff Paul does... Because Chris and I think magically happened. <laughs> yes. Yep. Uh, it's a lot of work, and it's also tedious. Oh, basically, it's just been like, oh, guys, X Factor one. And we'd be like, oh, wow, surprising. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this number. And I can never find the like numbers that I trust because Diamond, with their whole listing of the actual numbers where Batman's always 100, it's just hard to compare month to month. Uh, so we're just going to, you know, look at comic book creators. No writers and artists, because when it comes down to it, what makes books great? The writer, the writing team and the artist on a book. And 
We don't need to come up with any hard numbers. We can just say which one is better. Yes. We like to do that. We have personal views. Yes. So this is all strictly opinion. Uh, Except for which parts of it are fact. I mean... They are writers and they are artists. Yes. And they do work for Marvel and DC. So we have four different uh, brackets. One for the writers at DC. One for the artists at DC. One for the writers at Marvel and one for the artists at Marvel. And they will come, they will be whittled down to the final four where we'll have the top writer and the top artist from DC and the top writer and the top artist from Marvel. And we'll think of, hey, what, what book would we want to see these two people on at their respective, com- respective companies? And then we'll whittle it down to the finals where we'll have the best writer and the best artist standing. All, all to be followed, what, four or five weeks from now? It's... Uh, like, yeah. Because, yeah, we've got... Three, three weeks from now? Cause, yeah, three weeks. Because in this episode, all we're going to be discussing is the writers from both companies. Um, and, of course, a bracket is set up. The strongest always go versus the weakest, and then it uh, goes on from there. So if you don't even like how I set up the bracket, if you go to our Facebook uh, page, Bag Board... You can see the picture of the bracket there and fill it out at home for yourselves and see if we agree. Hit pause now on the podcast because we're going to be steaming on through it. Guys, um... I'm steaming it. Jeff John, first, <laughs> first and foremost... Speaking of people that steam... Jeff Johns versus Gail Simone, uh, top bracket. Should we even start there or should yes, we... Yeah, just start there. Okay. Why not? Starting right up on top. Jeff Jones versus uh, Gail Simone. Gail Simone, you know, I wanted to like more in the DC relaunch. I thought she was great on Birds of Prey before the new ECNU. Unfortunately, her Batgirl, or Bat, yeah, Batgirl, wasn't that, wasn't, didn't hook me. And that was a horrible book with, uh, the fury of the firestorms. Yeah, that was really bad. It's just really bad. Jeff Johns, I've had a falling out with. This podcast was kind of built on loving Jeff Johns. <laughs> Honestly, it was like the lead up to Plaxus Night when we started, and we were all kind of like infatuated with the guy. We loved uh, the make, you know, the Reborn. Imp- yeah, Green Rebirth. Lantern yeah. Rebirth. We loved uh, the Infinite Crisis, and I. You know, Jeff Johns is still a stronger writer, I think, than Gail Simone right now, but barely. Mm, I wouldn't say. Yeah, I wouldn't say. Yeah, that. that's that's why you're here. <laughs> yeah, um, I would definitely say that. I think. I think he de- he's definitely the writers on the same par because they are both very good writers. But Jeff Johns has just that extra little bit. Of better things out there. Gail yeah. Simone, I mean, really, the only thing that I really liked her on was, like, um, Secret Six. Mm-hmm. And, oh, Secret Six and, uh, was great too. And yeah. the, 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 the miniseries before that, mm-hmm. the Infinite Crisis, whatever that was. I forget what I don't know. Villains United. Villains United. If it was Villains United, Secret Six, and Birds of Prey versus what Jeff Johns is doing now with Justice League and Aquaman, 
I would probably have to pick Kale Smo. See, I, and I, I would. I know. I, I, both Chris and I both really like the Justice League that yeah. what Jeff Johns has been doing. Mm-hmm. I'm digging the Aquaman stuff. I think it was a slow start, mm-hmm. but I'm like what's, where it's going now after that main story arc. I think we all agree his the Flash was not yeah. great. I think we all well, dropped that. But here's the thing: like his other Flash stuff was really yeah. good. Yeah, before. Well, I'm just saying this is oh, his, Flash Rebirth. His, his yeah. After Flash Rebirth, that new series with Francis Manipold on art, we mm-hmm. all we all ended up dropping. Well, it. no, that wasn't Jeff Johns though. That was Francis Manipold. No, his. I'm still reading the Flash of uh, the Flash by Francis Manipold. Yeah, but. Before the relaunch, wasn't there a flash book coming out? Yeah, before before the new fifty two. Yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was we all by, dropped. We all dropped yeah, that book right after Flash Rebirth. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was pretty bad. Yeah, and we were all upset because Wally West was not going to be the backup. Yeah, and you know, and I, you know, I think it lost a little something there. And yeah, Flash Rebirth, I think, was a stumbling block for uh, Jeff Jones. But everybody, I mean. Everything before that, he's got just mm-hmm. solid. And it's usually, he's got a lot more hits than misses. Mm-hmm. Where I think Gail Simone's, like, she's a base hitter. Like, she does something really good, and then it kind of she gets on fizzles, base. Fizzles, she's, fizzles out. Yeah. She's a good writer, but I feel Jeff Johns is more consistent. Mm-hmm. Jeff Johns can deliver stuff. Like, okay, yeah, he might have stumbled with Flash. He, he lost you on Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. But those are still... Very good selling books. Yeah. And you know what? Mm-hmm. They're still being read. I don't know what the numbers for the Gail Simone stuff is, but yeah. I mean, just, I know we're not looking at numbers on this, but they do speak. You know, the Jeff right. stuff is going to sell more than the Gail Simone, and it's nothing personally against her, mm-hmm. because when she's on, she's on. But some of her stuff, it's just not great. I was so looking forward to her coming on to Wonder Woman, and it just wasn't there. Yeah. You know? With the monkeys and stuff. Yeah, she has done some weird stuff that hasn't worked, but... Yeah, uh, for 2012, the March Madness bracket has to go Jeff Johns. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe next year, Gail, you'll get out of the first round. But hey, St. Bonaventure... Put out a book that wows us, and we'll see. St. Bonaventure didn't make it out of the first round either, so... Um, nobody cares about real sports, Paul. I do. Especially <laughs> local. So let's go over to Marvel... The House of Ideas. Brian Michael Bendis versus Karen Gillian. Karen Gillian writing Ejectless X-Men up until June. Uh, I thought had a strong run with Matt Fraction on the book yeah. back when they were co-writing it. Uh, kind of had a slow downfall since Matt Fraction left the book, I thought. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis, not our favorite. I think... We can all agree to that. He's he's a good idea, man. Mm-hmm. He just can't write the books. And I have to give it up. I know it's not a Marvel book, but I really love what Gillen's doing over on Angel and Fate. I think he's a mm-hmm. great writer, and I do enjoy the X-Men book. I just, I don't buy it, you know? It's not, it's not good. I stopped buying it, too. Yeah. Because I'm just like, it's not good. Like, the Mr. Sinister storyline, that's the one that I finished, and I'm like, I'm good with this. I'm I'm going to stop here. It just isn't as interesting as Wolverine and the X-Men. Yeah. And I am buying a Wolverine and the X-Men book. And yeah. it's great. 
And they got me two with the Alpha and Omega bullshit. Yeah. Did you, did you grab it? Oh, yeah. Or did you actually buy it? I bought, bought oh, it. Oh, I'm like, sorry. I'm like, and I, I got back to work and people asked me what comic books I've got and I'm like, oh, the new Wolverine and the, oh, mother. And they're like, what was, they asked me what was wrong and I'm like, you know, I wanted Wolverine and the X-Men. This is Wolverine and the X-Men and Omega. God. <laughs> And I explained it like this. And he's say you want, his finger, which say you want a Twix. Oh, I want a Twix. Yeah, yeah I, I chocolate Twix. Give me it's a Twix cookie. Call. It's a cookie, caramel, and chocolate. And then you accidentally, but you you think you buy a Twix and you get there and you take a bite out of it and you realize there's peanut butter in this because you accidentally bought the Twix with peanut butter. That's what just happened to me. I like, I like peanut butter. I love, That'd be like, I love peanut butter. Wasn't surprise. Okay. It'd be more like if you bought a, you wanted a Twix and you get it, and it turns out there's like roaches in it. <laughs> okay. Or you really wanted some chocolate and you bought some M and M's, but you accidentally bought Skittles. I fucking love Skittles. <laughs> then you guys stop <laughs> using candy, Paul. <laughs> we don't need to explain this to our nerd audience. <laughs> we don't. They understand. Well, all they need to know is so Wolverine and the X-Men kind of su- and uh, Alpha and Omega kind of suck. Wolverine and the X-Men is good, and I'm buying that book. But it's not being written by Kerry Gillian, so yeah. I don't even know why we're talking about it any more than we are. <laughs> Brian Michael Bendis. I, I think just for pure clout that that man has, mm-hmm. I, I, I believe he needs to go through. I, I don't think I'd put him through any farther than this spot, because... I don't think I've enjoyed a Bendis book since Powers, and that was probably six... Powers just came out again. They're back. Last week. Oh, I have absolutely no interest in picking it up again. I mean, that book fizzled out for me. Yeah. See, I I can't even say, like, yeah, let's move him on, because he just... He's an idea man, and he can't write his own books. Carrie Gillian... Or Karen Gillian isn't doing enough over at... Marvel to make me want to move him on either, though. Especially with, what, he just got kicked off X-Men, you said? Well, or he's leaving. He's leaving X-Men. Brian Wood's coming on, so, in June. But, okay, now here's but the But that could be any reason. Just say, for some reason, hypothetical, you have two issues in front of you. Both X-Men or Spider-Man books, whatever. Yeah, Number one, you're right. One's by Brian Bennis, one's by Kieran Gillian. Which one are you going to pick up? Karen Gillian. Karen Gillian. You're yeah. right. We got to move. That's, you know what? That's, that's, I, see, I, 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 I see your point. I see Bendis' name on something. I'm just like, this will be interesting, but I'm going to stop buying it like three issues in because I don't care. I laughed so hard when you guys were picking up, uh, what was it? The um, I was picking up New Avengers because the thing was in it for a while, and no, 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 I just no, couldn't the, get the, into that. The miniseries he did with... Um, oh, Siege. Siege. But they were doing Siege, you guys were picking it up. I was like, what are you guys, fucking idiots? You were the one that was just like, I'm just based on clout. That's why people keep buying his books. You're yeah. you're an enabler, John. You're part of the problem. The reason I was picking up Siege, and I, it was on the podcast, it was recorded, was I'm like, you know what? Four-issue miniseries? That's perfect for Brian Michael Bendis. It's just enough before he screws it up. Nope. <laughs> it was still kind of yeah. haphazardly ended. Nord's, you know, it's just, yeah. I have to say, it, Siege wasn't as bad as it could have been. Yeah. It was but better than the Secret, Secret Invasion. Invasion. Yeah. Because 
too much time in the Savage Land. I'm I'm glad I was able to kind of swing you and say like, yeah, what's that? Gary Gillingham. Okay, next over at DC we have Paul Cornell versus Jeff Lemire. This oh, is the this, four. This, this, this is this, this is, is four a, versus five. This is the thing where it's going to probably be the toughest matchup. I think this They're is the closest. I, I have to say, I think this is the toughest one because these are both writers who I really like right now, and um, and, and I, I I I find it really hard to pick mm-hmm. between this, them. This isn't tough for me, but yeah, it's tough. I think it's tough for for John and I because we're both enjoying Demon Knight. Yes. Swamp, uh, Stormwatch kind of fell off for me, but because I kind of heard he was leaving, so it was like kind of like, okay, I could keep on buying this and not get a conclusion that will feel satisfying to me, so that's kind of played into it. Jeff Lemire on Animal Man has been awesome, and I have, though I, I can't pick up Frankenstein in the Agents of Shade, I just can't get into that book. I, I have enjoyed um, Frankenstein mm-hmm. in Agent of Shade, um, but even with yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think, I don't know. I, I'm, I want to hear what you guys have to I was, say. I was going to say, do you want me to go? Because I, I have no horse in this, so to speak. I have a horse in it, and I'm going to sway to Jeff Lemire. Okay. Right. Um, I, you had your mind made up. I, I like There's both of these. As no. soon as I saw it, I was like, I like both of these writers, and they're both solid. Mm-hmm. But when I see Paul Cornell's name on something, I, I know I'm gonna have fun. It's gonna be adventure and nothing against Jeff Lemire. I just I don't see that and think like, oh man, like I can't wait oh. to jump in and see what he comes out with. Because I know it's it'll be good, but there's no it sounds so corny, but there's no like sense of wonder to it. Like I can't I can't get amped up. Yeah. You know what I love about Jeff Lemire's Animal Man right now? It is the family book in the DC universe. It is it is the Fantastic Four in the DC Universe as a family, mm-hmm. whereas and that, that's that's the kind of and that's the kind of book I like. draw to, and that's and, why I say Jeff Lemire. And I enjoyed Stormwatch a lot mm-hmm. because it's that crazy archaeology yeah. across like space, which I loved in Planetary. Mm-hmm. It's and you got a guy that can talk to a sick. Demonite's fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, everything I read from Jeff Lemire's New Fifty Two stuff, it was good. Mm-hmm. It's just, if I had, again, both those issues in front of me, like, and I only had the money to put towards one monthly, mm-hmm. I, I'd go yeah. the Paul Cornell route. I, I understand that. And I, I think with Chris's same logic, because I both, I like both these guys mm-hmm. immensely. Um, I follow them both on Twitter. I always read what they have to say. I like, like, who they are as people as well as writers. But I think I'm going to have to go with Paul Cornell, because if I have those choices of books... Like Demon Knight is probably one of my favorite out of mm-hmm. out of the fifty two. And yeah. it's it's tough because nothing against either of those guys because I think they're both fantastic and they're both great writers. But when you come down to it, it's like, man, I, I'd rather have a Paul Cornell book like in my corner. Mm. It's a, it's a tough draw for Jeff Lemire. I, I think so. Yeah. Like if he was up against somebody else, yeah. Now, if they had come down to Jeff Lemire and Gail Simone, Jeff Lemire is so, like... Yeah. Yes. That e- easy. <laughs> and that's... that's Jeff Lemire beats Bendis, too. Yeah. <laughs> wow. and, and Kiri Gilliam. <laughs> that's... I would, I would give it to Part of the draw. You know, that's well. that's the so. problem with the bracket, you know? Yeah, it's, it's all it's, up to it's, the draw. It is. I think it's really tough. And the, the, 
next tough one is uh, over at Marvel we again had the four versus the five. Anything can happen. Jonathan Hickman versus Rick Remender. Hmm. Okay. Unless you guys want to say no, another writer should be in that five spot. No, it's it's okay. Um, because I couldn't put Jonathan Hickman above Mark Wade. I couldn't put him up again above yeah. Ed Brubaker. And then what we were left with was J- Jason Aaron and Dan Slott. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, I Jonathan Hickman, I'd say. I, I do enjoy some of the stuff that I've read from Rick Remender. I haven't read a lot. Mm-hmm. But just based on that... Wolverine and the X-Men. Oh, uh, whatchamacallit? Rick Remender. No, is that Jason Aaron? That's Jason Aaron. Aaron. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to think. What was that right. uncanny... Was, did we read Uncanny X-Force? Was that the Rick Remender yes. book? Yes. That's, I, that's I couldn't finish it. Mm-hmm. And he's also doing... Uh, the Ghost Rider, the... Is he on... Oh, he's on Venom. Yeah, he's on Venom. Venom. Did you hear good things about Venom? Mm-hmm. I haven't picked it up. I haven't cared to. I think it's an interesting idea. But uh, Jonathan Hickman is a writer that when I see his name mm-hmm. in the previews with the new series, I pick up that number one. Mm-hmm. I picked up Red Wing. Good story. You know what? I'm going to wait for it to trade. It's in trade. Um, he's got another one coming out. Yeah, no. He's got, he's got another one coming out, um, number one. And the Secret? The Secret, which I I ordered again in previews. Like I, He's a guy that I want to check out because he's got amazingly interesting and different ideas. They're not things that you see often. And, yeah, I'm, I would go Jonathan Hickman. Uh, yeah, my vote no longer matters, but I would have to also give it to Jonathan Hickman. No surprise. All I have to say is Fantastic Four. Yeah. That... Not only the three years of it that he's done so far, but just this year. From issue 600 to 604. Amazing. Like, especially the last issue, 603. Just that penultimate issue of a story now, I think with the decompression of storytelling in comic books, is even more important than the last issue of a storyline. And he really nailed it in 603. Yes. Paul thinks that. I did. Back to the DC side of things. Grant Morrison versus Judd Winnick. Judd Winnick had some really great storylines. Uh, I really enjoyed him on Green Arrow yeah. before the new DCNU. Uh, with the DCNU, he had that, you know, press blogging uh, thing with Catwoman. And he's on that wing. Yeah. Which wasn't a bad book, it just, there's so many Bat titles out there, it's probably the weakest of the Bat titles. I, I didn't care for Batwing too much, but yeah, Catwoman wasn't yeah. good either. I don't know, just, I, if it came down to, like, over the span of the careers, Grant Morrison or Judd Winnick, I'd probably have to say Judd Winnick, just because he's put out a lot more stuff that I actually have enjoyed mm-hmm. reading. Grant Morrison, when he puts out something that I like, I love it. Mm-hmm. But everything else is just kind of... It's over there. Like I, I read it and it's just like I don't care about this. Wow. Uh, but for the just the new Fifty Two, I have to say I've enjoyed the Grant Morrison stuff more. Like Judd Winnick's kind of had a crummy year, I think. Yeah, and we're kind of talking about this year because otherwise the bracket would be we couldn't do it annually. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I think the past career has something to do with. Yeah, he, with he, it. it definitely plays a part. But and I, I, th- I mean, I gotta throw my hat. Towards Grant Morrison, I think I, you know, his out there stuff is out there, but you know when his stuff 
it's, it, sometimes he's hit, he hits home runs, and I haven't I haven't had anything from Judd Winnick in a while where I've been like, wow, oh, Judd Winnick. Yeah, and the first four issues of Action Comics were home run. You know, the yeah. year, year five years before Superman is really Superman were great. Yeah. I think they stumbled with you know going in and like explaining the. Uh, origin story of Superman again. Those were kind of bad, but that was also Andy Kubert on art and just a lot of things going wrong. But uh, excited to see what will Grant Morrison is going to pull out with Multiversity and also uh, with the Batman Leviathan. Yeah, all the Batman books you can kind of thank Grant Morrison for doing because he revitalized Batman. Yeah, he, yeah. Everything you're getting from Batman now, it came from everything he did back with. Tony Daniel and R.I.P. Mm-hmm. We might not have enjoyed... Or even before. Yeah. Or before Damien. that. Damien. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you might not have enjoyed all that, but it's because of it. All right. The number two, Mark Wade versus number seven, Dan Slott. Dan Slott, amazing Spider-Man. He did a good run on the thing. Uh, kind of a funny comic book writer versus Mark Wade, who's, I think, had a resurgence this past year. Yeah, I mean, what, we voted, what... Yeah, Daredevil. Daredevil was one of our top books. One of our top books. Yeah. And I think with just that, I mean, mm-hmm. we have just a love for that book right now. It, it's been strong, and there's no reason for Mark Wade not to move on. To I, I think round. Mark Wade has, over time, been a very consistent writer. Everything he's done has mm-hmm. been very good. Um, I can't say I've ever read anything by him that I just really didn't like. I will... Even like his Fantastic Four stuff, you yeah. didn't like it. I I, I like enjoyed it. it because it had that family fun mm-hmm. that I wanted out of a Fantastic Four book. I wasn't also a big fan of this Flash stuff, and I know that's where you know, a lot of people like it. Yeah, uh, you know, over in DC, but that was kind of like the resurgence of Flash, mm-hmm. like before Jeff Johns even. Like that was yeah. what put Flash back on the map. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's one of those kind of penultimate writers because he can. Just step He's in. the second to last writer. Yeah, I didn't know what you meant by that. He's a one of those just great writers where he can ultra ultimate. Thank you. <laughs> where he can just step into any any genre, like uh-huh. any character, and he does do a consistently good job. They're entertaining, you know. If yeah, you know, one person doesn't take something away from it, you know, someone else does yeah. with, with the Fantastic Four. I can't say that I've ever, anything that I've read from him that I've just been like, meh, and like throwing it aside, like usually I'm like... The second time on The Flash was that with the twins and explaining that they were raised on that other universe thing mm-hmm. with, the, with the, like... The dog face Dog face people. people. Yeah. That was rough, but I think that was because editorial kind of forced him to write those stories. Like, you have to come up with something, and that's the best he could come up with. And I think or he could on. have been like, you're forcing me to do this, this yeah. is what you're going to get. Yeah. It's kind of like the hard spot to be in. But yeah. Oh, but Daredevil? Mark Wade moves on. Yes. Yeah. Especially since Dan Slott is kind of writing books that we don't care about with Spider-Man, and we already talked about that. Yeah. And it's kind of unfortunate for him, because, you know, his She-Hulk work was great. Yeah. And also his work on The Thing miniseries was really good, too. I really enjoyed that. As soon as I heard Mark Wade was coming on to Daredevil, I was like, man, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. I was pumped for it. Scott Snyder versus Pete Tomasi over at DC. 
DC has not had one single upset yet. And I don't think they're getting one here. Yeah, I, I can't see that coming. I mean, we've got two really strong writers here, both of them actually working in the Batman universe at this time, too. Uh-huh. But, man, it, I just came down to this point where, where I had I picked a Batman book to keep buying, and it was Batman proper. I dropped Batman and Robin. Uh, I gotta go with Scott Snyder over Tomasi. Mm-hmm. And this is one where I, I'd be like, I think it should be close, because I do really like Peter Tomasi as a writer. Uh-huh. But yeah, you gotta give it to Scott Snyder. Yeah. It's, you put it best, like, I wish this is one that I could be like, man, this is so much closer, because they're both two of my favorite writers, like, I really enjoy both mm-hmm. of yeah. them a lot. Are you guys picking up Peter Tomasi's Green Lantern book? He's yeah. on a one of them, right? Yeah, he's on Core. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm still buying it, but it's just, it's not, oh no, it's not Core, I'm sorry, what is it? It's, is that the, no, it has to be Core, because it's not the, uh, it's not the Kyle book. Yeah, so it's Core. Yeah, which is New Guardians. Yeah. I don't even like Green Lantern anymore. Yeah, I, I blanked out on it. It's, That's the time I read them, and a lot of them are mm-hmm. just, yeah. it's, a, it's a Green Lantern book now, except for what's been going on in the actual Green Lantern. <laughs> and, um... I mean, Scott Snyder wowed us with American uh, Vampire. <laughs> and also, I just uh, read the first issue of his um, Severed. Oh, yeah. Which is really cool. <laughs> so that's another series that I want to check out by him. And that's on Image Severed? or is that IDW. IDW? Wow. Yeah, I heard it's pretty good. It's free on uh, digital download. <laughs> making me go buy the trade. I'll check it out on digital download. Not illegal digital download, no, either. No. That is apps and such. Yes, yes, yes. With the phones and the pads and such. Also, True. probably we can get news through iPad. Everybody knows that, though. Yes. That's, that's not even worth talking about. I don't even know about. what this one does that's different from the other one. It's a retina display. So it has that full HD technique, like, where it's so, so many dots per inch that your eye can't tell that there's actually dots on pixels on the screen. So it actually is supposed to look like printed work. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> but a better camera. And you can shoot video in, H- in uh, full HD. Right. You asked what was the difference. <laughs> I didn't ask. I said, I don't even know what's different. Well, I had to inform you, because that's what this podcast is. It's informative. Let's inform people, who's the better writer, Ed Brubaker or Jason Aaron? I have to say, even though I still can't finish Scalp, I have to give it to Jason Aaron. Yep. Because Wolverine and the X-Men is, it's fucking awesome. It's just a great, fun X-Men book. Ed Brubaker, I feel like he's just treading water at this point. I'm sorry, John, because I know you love him. But it's, he's just doing what he does at this point. Every book I read by him reads the same mm-hmm. and looks the same. Like, there's nothing that differentiates any of them from anything else. I think it's it's he, it's time for him to leave Marvel and mm-hmm. maybe hit another another place and, and try to get somewhere else. Because, yeah, his Marvel books are all kind of getting to the same point. Even his creator-owned stuff? Like, I've bought two of the criminal trades. I've started reading them. I can't. Because it's, I've read this book before. Well, not, and a lot of those are retellings of classic, mm-hmm. classic crime stories too. He did Sleeper, right? Yeah. Yes. I like Sleeper yeah, more Sleeper so was really good. than Criminal. 
but we're not gonna talk. I guess they're at Icon now, right? Yeah. 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 Actually, I think didn't Criminal go over? No, it's Icon. To Image. No, uh, yeah. we're thinking of the other book, Incognito. Fatal. 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 That's it. Image. Uh, his Icon work was. Wasn't that uh, Incognito? I think yeah, Incognito. That's his Icon press work. Yeah. But yeah. Jason Aaron has me doing something I thought I'd never do, and that is buy a comic book with the title Wolverine in it. Yeah, it's not just an X-Men book, which I've bought before, but I never thought mm-hmm. I'd get into again. But it's a Wolverine book. And it still pulls on the whole legacy of the X-Men, which is great. You got the brood in there, which I hate, but I love this brood character in it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I hate I hate X, uh, uh, X-Men in space. I really yeah. do. And that's my problem. I love Havoc. He's always in freaking space. Yeah. Ah, why am I so dualitied here? So, but I love and hate myself at the same time. I'd have to go with you guys as well because really that that X Men book. I haven't I haven't wanted to re- go. Oh, I can't wait for that next issue since Joss Whedon's run. Yeah. On X Men or on, on Uncanny. Okay. Astonishing. Astonishing. Yeah. See, it's it's so long ago, I don't even remember. It's so warm. Something. Um, but yeah, I like I want to read those those issues. I love how he does Beast, um, Wolverine, Bobby, all like all those characters in it. Like you, they have. What I don't know. I, it's it's hard to say. It's, it's fun, even like the stuff with you know the new Gladiator, like. Seeing him like fighting white blood cells in the <laughs> yeah. body, like it was fun. I enjoyed it thoroughly. So yeah, and yeah. you know what? I know I'm going to sit down. I'm going to try to read Scalp again. That book's sitting on my shelf. I will read that or attempt to at least before I go back to one of those Brubaker trades. Very true. And I have a Scalp trade up there too, and I still haven't finished it. But heard nothing but good things. Yeah. But I, I feel like it's one of those things, there's something wrong with me for not liking it because <laughs> it's been going on for so long. And, and it's, it's a Vertigo book. It's a Vertigo book, and people really seem to enjoy it, so why, why can't I get into it? It's a problem with me. It has to be. All right, deck over for the second round, Jeff Johns versus Paul Cornell. I, I, Who wants to leave this one off, I'm thinking? I have to throw it to Paul Cornell, Demon Knight's is a book I'm actually buying, and I think that speaks all I need to say because it's I'm not buying a Jeff Johns book right now. The the two books that I I'm buying I'm buying books from both of them, Aquaman and Demon Knight, and I would if I had oh I only have four dollars in my pocket, which one am I going to buy? I'm going to buy Demon Knight. I I'm buying more Jeff Johns stuff than uh, Paul Cornell. I'm not buying any Paul Cornell. Like I read. Mm-hmm. But Paul Cornell comes up with two books, and Jeff Johns has three. Um, I have to say, Paul Cornell, he's getting just that exciting, like, fun read that I'm just not getting from Jeff Johns wow. anymore. If there was one person that I thought would vote for Jeff Johns over... No, I mean, as much as I enjoy yeah. him and think he's a good writer, mm-hmm. I think right now, just from like, I'm just looking at the New 52 stuff, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Paul Cornell, he's writing great stories that are entertaining intriguing and make me say, like, oh, man, I can't wait to read this. Mm-hmm. When it comes to Green Lantern, 
Justice League, I enjoy looking for those. They hit the top of my stack when they come out. It's not something that's like, oh man, it's coming out, I can't wait to go get it. Paul Cornell, though, it's like, yeah, it's something that's really cool and exciting. How much is it that you just love Doctor Who right now? I really do enjoy <laughs> Doctor Who right now. <laughs> I'm just wondering. Hey, he did do an episode of Doctor Who, so yeah. Yes, he does do episodes of Doctor Who. Which is really good. Yes. Just as Tom. He does do. Alright, uh, we have Carrie Gillian versus Jonathan Hickman. Um. To I, Jonathan Hickman. Yeah, right? I, I'm gonna give it to Gillian just because. What? Yeah, I don't know. I just. I'm not a Hickman fan. Like, he's good, but I'm just. More than good. I'm just not as big of a fanboy of him as you guys are, I guess. I, I, I like so. Just I know it's not a Marvel book, but looking at Angel of Faith, he gets those characters. He's writing a great story over there. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a Marvel book, but I'm still submitting it because it's it's, it's, a it's what the writers do. You know? mm-hmm. Yep, Fantastic Four. I I don't need to say anymore for you. Yeah. Grant Morrison versus Scott Snyder. Scott Snyder. Yeah, I. Wow, I don't think Sorry. you can take this, this I, short of time. I I can. Um, I I think what I've read, what I've read of his Batman, like mm-hmm. it's just, I, I don't know. There's just something about it that I just really like. Batman beats Superman. I understand yeah, this. That's that's how I was looking yeah, at it. Yeah. Like, if I Scott had to Snyder book, is yeah. to Batman what Grant Morrison is to Superman right now, and Swamp Thing is awesome again. In the DC universe, which is so weird because he's yeah. been such a vertical character, and I think he's right back into the DCU. I'm, I'm just, yeah. nope. As much as I like the action comics, mm-hmm. Batman, that book just is fucking phenomenal. Yes, it is. It's brilliant. Like, and I love Grant Morrison. I, you know, I think that guy I, can write the sh- like the shit out of any comic book character. I, I, Reason why I love Animal Man. Yeah. I, I I agree, and I'm just, I like just out of We Three made me cry. Yeah, We Three was fantastic. And I, I I'm not saying that he isn't a like Grant Morrison isn't great art or a writer. It's just right now mm-hmm. like what what books am I looking forward to reading? Yeah, and they're they're Scott Snyder books. Both of them. Yeah, one thing is always is top of my stack that week that comes out, and Batman's the top of my stack the week that. That comes out, so... When we're in the future recording our thousandth episode and we look back on this, who knows? I mean, we could go back and say, like, yeah, you know what? Grant Morrison should have won that. Look at everything mm-hmm. he's selling. But for right now, Scott Slider well, is just delivering and we, solid storytelling. We do this annually. We do this, we do this next year. <laughs> it could be a complete turnaround. It's yeah. like, you know what? Hey, he stumbled on these couple books and Grant Morrison's got hitting his stride again with whatever he's doing. Yeah. Which and is using peyote. And I think... And I think that's something like with these lists is it's going to be different every time because <laughs> these writers and who knows they swing and they miss something. Yeah, some of these writers might not even make it onto this bracket next year. Yeah, last know? last year we would not have mentioned someone like Kieran Gillian, Scott Snyder, Jeff Lemire, Jeff Lemire. Yeah. So yeah, Mark Wade versus Jason Aaron. Uh, see, this is a tougher one. I can't go. You like the last one. I went, oh, Batman versus Superman. This one I can't go Wolverine versus Daredevil. Because that Wolverine book, I know it says Wolverine and the X-Men, but it is all about that ensemble. Yeah. And 
Daredevil has been so fun because he's writing a fun Daredevil for once. And I think Mark Waite's been really strong with that. Just, you know, based on those two books, I'm going to give it to Jason Aaron. Mm-hmm. Because Jason Aaron's telling a great story right now, and not that Mark Wade isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, Daredevil's really yeah. fun and, and the thing, exciting, but so much of that yeah. is still attributed to the art, I feel. Yeah. Because it meshes so perfectly with it. Yeah. I just am... look at the story itself. And like just yeah. the scripting for it, I got I have to give it to Jason Aaron. I'm gonna say that Mark Wade is doing something so different with Daredevil. We've gotten the dark and gritty, he's in prison, he's you know, this yeah, that brooding, you know, Daredevil for so long that this is so new with the character. Mm-hmm. Even though it's not really new, it's bringing him back to that Jack. Uh, you know, it the feels, Stanley feels new to you. Yeah, but it feels so new. It's refreshing. Whereas where Wolverine and the X-Men is so, you know, is fun and it's of the X-Men, though. And all those characters are still the same, but he's, like, really taking out the parts. Mm-hmm. I have to give it to Mark Wade for taking Daredevil in such a different way. Because Daredevil is still selling doing that dark and brooding shit. Like... That's who Daredevil was. But he can, was the Mark Miller Daredevil. You can use this same, is somebody different. You can use the same it, argument with the X-Men, though, because they were in space, like, yeah. doing all this, like, dark, gritty shit with Ed Brubaker and Mike Carey. And it, it wasn't selling. And he brings it back to the school when X-Men were selling, and that's what I'm saying here. See, I, I don't know the sales numbers, because I didn't care for that dark right. rooting for either side. Mm-hmm. But I'm buying an X-Men book again. Like, yeah. I started buying when they relaunched... The original X-Men. Hey, you don't need to convince me. You need to convince a deciding vote. I feel like I need to convince you, though, Paul, because you're using the same argument, and you you hit shit on sales. Your argument Um, is the same for both of these, because it isn't your normal Wolverine. It isn't isn't the normal Wolverine, but it does feel like taking the X-Men back to where they were popular. This is them going back to when the X-Men were new, fun, like crazy adventures, (laughs) and Mark Way's doing the same thing with Daredevil. Taking yeah. it back to that light. No, I'm I'm the Daredevil. I'm not Matt Murdock. So it, I think no. they're both doing the same thing. <laughs> and I, I think it was. I'm just saying. I think it was a riskier proposition for Mark Wade to do that with Daredevil than them to do that with the X Men. See, I think it's the opposite. I think it's more risky to do that with the X Men. You got three other X Men books that they can do whatever they want with. Yeah, but I mean, you know, they're. And we're not buying those books, right? So, <laughs> that's you know. true. You only got the one Daredevil book, and that's why I'm saying yeah. it's a more risky proposition to try it with this character. Yeah, it, it and it, I think it's working. But I do agree that on the art, I will say that I will switch my vote easily as long as we, if it does come down to who are we moving on on the artist side of this bracket, that we're going to move on Paulo Rivera. Mm-hmm. If this comes down to a, uh, it's close. Um, I will want one of you two to switch your vote on the Paulo Rivera vote. I'm, I don't know how things are going to fall there, though. Right. So. I, and I, I jumped already. <laughs> um, beginning of this conversation, mm-hmm. I was Mark Wade. Wow, and I screwed it up. <laughs> you screwed it up. 
Paul, you ruined it. Your th- your your promoting him made me look at everything that he's done with those characters. I mean, you have Wolverine. I'm the best at what I do. He's still that. <laughs> but you know what? But but he's not. I mean, he's in a suit and he's trying to, yeah. you know, scrounge around like. <laughs> shutting doors like like he opens it and like octopus arms come out and they're like oh shit like uh, let's go over here you know you have him actually going like oh geez like talking know. to Xavier yeah yeah you know like oh man I've I've actually bit off more than I can chew mm-hmm. kind of a thing and that is the most ballsy thing to do with his character in an X Men book right and it's the one that just taking him and like Omega or yeah. Gwen Quire up to yeah. That, that space casino, like it's, it's it was so really fun. good. I, I, okay, and I, I, I'm not trying to win you over. I'm just like saying it because I, I, I just have to say, like for there, a writer, take going. Okay, this is what I'm gonna do. I think this is the closest. It, I think, and I think this is the clo- this is the closest because those two mm-hmm. characters did the exact. Those two writers did yeah. the exact same thing, and I, you put the books down in front of me. I think I'll I'd pick up the Daredevil before the other. But just on a writer's stance of which one did something that I think is the impossible, I think it's Jason Aronson to, to yeah. do that with that Wolverine character. In that and book. it is impossible to get me to buy a Wolverine. Yeah. I mean, I've picked up Daredevil on and off for a few years now. Yeah, I, 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 I used to get them all in trade. With X Men. But it's the X Men books that always just leave a bitter taste in my mouth. And I'm like, Fucking, do I buy these for? Yeah. And Daredevil, it just always comes out of the fact where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm cutting back on my spending. I like Daredevil, but I don't need to spend the three dollars for this. <laughs> so the fact that I'm still reading an X Men book, how, how many issues in are we now? Five? Because it doesn't five. shift the one one. Yeah, five or six now. Yeah, like I'm, I'm just still loving it. I I buy ones that aren't the right <laughs> book because I like it so much. And we're on to our final four. Ooh, four. Which are... Oh. Are we on our final four? Yeah. Paul yeah. Liar? Paul Cornell, Scott Snyder, Jonathan Hickman, Jason Aaron. So, for the writers at least, this would be the Elite Eight group, you know, throughout the whole bracket. So, Paul Cornell, Scott Snyder. I think are doing kind of similar things. They're both bringing in horror into the main lines, you know. Uh, Scott Snyder's bringing definitely a horror angle into Batman with his uh, Court of Owls. Paul Cornell is doing a... Uh, and also Scott Snyder with Swamp Thing, doing the horror angle. Uh, Paul Cornell with Stormwatch had a kind of a horror angle with the moon... Gaining intelligence and attacking the Earth, which was crazy. And Demonite, not so horror, but fun. Yeah, it's got those takes on it with demons and dragons (laughs) and all that stuff. Um, Both are really good writers. I like both what they're doing right now. Scott Snyder making me want to look into other things that he's written. Like I said, like I, I read his... I, I, pick, I picked up that first issue of Severed because his name was on it. Yeah. And I want to finish reading that, and I want to pick up some other things that he's done because he really he's really got me as a writer. He writes the stuff that I like. And not that Paul Cornell doesn't, but I haven't looked up older things that Paul Cornell has done. And merely maybe, maybe a shame on me that I haven't, mm-hmm. but 
I, I'm going to have to give this to Scott Snyder. Huh? Are you tossing it to me because you're still deciding? No. Because I don't want to screw it up like I did with Mark Wade. No, go for it. You, just, you do what you <laughs> want to do. Uh, yeah, I'm picking up both Scott Snyder books, and I'm only picking the one up from Paul Cornell. I think Paul Cornell is really strong on Demon Knights. Uh, and he was strong on Stormwatch, too. It was just, you know, when you hear somebody's leaving, it kind of like ruins that whole book for you. Uh, but Scott Snyder, the Court of Owls, like, that issue, what was it, issue four or five? Yeah. With the maze, and even five, like, the issue after it, still really strong. And it was just, it's putting Batman in a place where we haven't seen him in a long time. It's bringing detective work back to the Batman issues, and just a villain that is just so creepy with yeah. the ma- I want to buy one of those masks and just have it for Halloween, because that is the creepiest shit ever. Uh, so, yeah, Scott Snyder. The, the entire reason I threw it over to you, Paul, was because I was going to pick Scott Snyder, and I didn't want to just go next and say Scott Snyder and then have it be where, like, yeah. oh, I wanted Paul Cornell. I, but, I, I, I have so much fun with this book. It's just, Scott Snyder is just playing in a whole other league right now and it's just not fair. I've always been a big Batman fan and Scott Snyder is writing some of the best Batman comics that I've read in years. Mm -hmm. Um, It could be because I'm getting burnt out on the Green Lantern stuff. I mean, I've always been a big fan of both of these titles but there was a time where I was becoming a bigger Green Lantern fan than Batman. Mm -hmm. And now it's kind of swinging back in the other direction. I'm becoming a bigger fan of the Batman family again. You were never a... Bigger fan of Green Lantern than you were of Tim Drake, though. True, but... And he's always Bat Family. But here's the thing, like, I have so many Batman traits. Uh Uh-huh. Just, like, the older stuff. I mean, the whole, uh, Bruce Wayne Fugitive, all Mm -hmm. the Cataclysm stuff, the No Man's Land traits. Like, I have, like, all those traits, and I've reread them. So many times. I only have the War Games, and War Games is still really and good. And I, I do have those ones, too. Uh-huh. Um, I love both of those families of titles, <laughs> but this is swinging me back over more towards the Batman stuff. So. Ah, swinging. Swinging. Because nah, uh, he swings. Yes. So, yes, yeah, Scott Snyder for me, too. Jonathan Hickman versus Jason Aaron. I'm just going to go first because I know I'm going to get outvoted, but I'm going to say Jason Aaron. I don't know if you're going to get outvoted. I think John is more likely to go Jason Aaron. So I'm going to say Jonathan Hickman real quick. Just so I feel like I have a horse in this, because I know I'm going to be outvoted as soon as John opened his mouth and says, I am. Even while I'm trying to cut him off. Everything we've said about Jason Aaron holds true. Like I I like Jonathan Hickman, but... Jason Aaron hasn't made me cry yet. Those books are... I don't think he's going to, though. I mean, he's... It, from what I've read, he's not that kind of writer. He's not going for the heart. He's going oh, yeah. for just that Mr. Toll's Wild Ride. I know, but I don't know what that is because I've never been to Disney World. It's okay. It's been shut down for years now, so don't oh. worry about it. Uh, so I'll never get to You will it. never experience not, See? It. You're tugging out my heartstrings much like Jonathan Hickman <laughs> does so well. Jonathan, Jonathan oh, Hickman so is a fantastic writer and... Like, when I think of, like, oh, who's a good sci-fi writer? Mm-hmm. Like, I think him. I pick up a lot of his stuff. I don't I don't necessarily finish it all the time. 
Um, but everything I've read, I've always appreciated and been like, wow, this guy, he does do a really yeah. great job. The S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff. S.H.I.E.L.D. was amazing. It's still amazing from when it's coming out. When it comes out, it's just so hard to. Um, from everything that Paul's told me about the Fantastic Four, I, and I, I always go, I really need to read that. Yes. Um, but just, what Jason Aronson's done, I, I, he's, I, I don't think since I've been reading comic books, Mm-hmm. Once we got back into comic books, that I bought mm-hmm. a X Men book, but this is the book if Chris wasn't picking it up. Yeah, I think I would I would buy because it is it's fun. It makes me want to go. I gotta read the next issue. It is the book that Chris agreed that he would pick up, and I would pick up the adjectiveless X Men and say, <laughs> Chris, adjectiveless X Men isn't good enough. I'm just going to keep on picking up Wolverine. I, I completely understood because that was the whole reason why I didn't want to buy X Men anymore. It just wasn't what. But I we was both thinking. kind of want to keep in you know in touch with both of them. It's just not good enough. Yeah. But well, that's I'm that's really, I'm really surprised you went with Jason Aaron though, John. What's it? I'm surprised you went with Jason really? Aaron. Really? I, I was. Like, I really thought you were going to go for Hickman over it. Because you guys aren't reading Fantastic Four. If you were reading Fantastic Four... Here's you... the thing, like, I've read the issues that you passed over me, and I've really liked them, but... Mm-hmm. Not enough to Not enough writing. to be like, mm-hmm. wow, Whereas, I can't wait to see where you go. Whereas Wolverine and the X-Men, I handed that off to you guys, and you guys read it, and... I, we yeah, we that, had a whole not episode yeah, about yeah. that first issue. Loved it. Because it, it has that room to be really fun. Whereas Jonathan Hickman has taken the time and plotted out three years worth of storybook uh, comic books and has seen it through to fruition, which you don't often get get anymore in comic books because you get you know uh, differences in creative decisions and Amy Reader is now off the book and uh, it's not selling that well. Karen Gillan is off the book, and we're bringing in Brian Wood. You know, that's what happens in modern comic books now, and to get a three-ish, three-year store worth of stories and letting a creator just build and build and build is epic. And, and I, I have to I'm say, like, growing. to be on this list, you have to be up there mm-hmm. as, a, as a really good writer. He made it to I, the Except final. for Bendis, who I don't, I don't even think should have been on the list. No, I, we talk about this. He's a yeah. he's a big name. He's, he's a big, big name, name. And, but but to be at this point at that final, mm-hmm. you know, that final set, the elite eight is is a is a big accomplishment. And I, you, you know, yeah, you to get to this point with us, you have to deliver because I mean, we're not nitpicky really, but I mean, we we're passionate. Mm-hmm. So for you to get to this point, you have to be putting out something that. We love and appreciate, and we want to talk about here, and we want to mm-hmm. get other people interested in, in reading it and so discussing right, it. But see, I can understand us saying that Scott Snyder is the best writer out of DC right now. We're we're saying Jason Aaron is the best writer out of Marvel. You know, it's it's tough just because it's based on that book. Yeah, I mean, when we're looking at what we've read, I mean, I mm-hmm. can't say he's the best. Writer coming out of Marvel when because that's Jonathan Hickman. <laughs> <laughs> but when I look at the books that he's put up against, uh-huh. it, it's not like a tough question for me because it's like, man, I I would read this book in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's no one that I could have. He went up against Mark Wade in one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
And I mean, I think that was the like, toughest one. That's the toughest one. And I think that was the closest. And then he goes up against Jonathan Hickman and wins that. Like, Rick Remender, he goes, you know, we yeah. didn't read enough Rick Remender to really appreciate it. I know his Fury Chain is great, and that we've never read, and the stuff outside of Marvel's really good, but I picked up Strange Girl and still haven't touched it. Um, <laughs> it's a huge <laughs> book looking back and forth like oh dude and then he's like well I'm also like thinking well Carrie Gillian I can understand yeah he beat her uh, him and Brian Michael Bendis I would vote it's just man Jason Aaron I I can believe it because you know what that X-Men book it swung out and it <laughs> hit me and it was like wow yeah. because when I heard that they were relaunching two new X-Men number ones mm-hmm. it was like oh Really? And I really think Marvel has a better bullpen of writers than DC right now. Like, I had a harder time limiting it down to eight writers for Marvel versus DC. Like, I'm like, oh, well, who are the top writers for DC? A lot of those guys are writing multiple, you know, yeah. they're yeah. writing multiple books for DC. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and it's like, oh, yeah. let's try to figure this out. And also then gauging who, where they should fall in the rankings. Like, that was tough. So, but I'm like, okay, Jason Aaron made it through, not just because of where he was put in the rankings, because he would, it he, seems he, like he, he would beat up. each and every one. No matter who he went up against on this bracket, he would move through. And so he, we have to, he is the best. He's the standout writer. Yeah. Of, for this year. For this year. And I think you can say the same thing about Scott Snyder. Scott Snyder. I was going to say Scott Cornell. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> combining them. Combining them. All right. But I, I think they're the standout writers this year. So, you know, if if it wasn't for this new Fifty Two, we you know we might know Scott Snyder's name because Chris would have brought us American Vampire to read. Mm-hmm. You know, but that was the thing is like we read it and then what the new Fifty Two happened and we're like, hey, we we know this guy. Let's you know let's check him out. Keeps of Gotham, I was reading them on. Yeah. And also, Detective, Detective Comics was a really strong run before the New 52. But American Vampire came out before both of those books. And Keeps of Gotham was strong, and also Detective Comics that I was writing was awesome with James Gordon Jr. It's creepy as all hell. <laughs> just being insane. It was really good, so... Um, not even before the New 52, Scott Snyder had something going. I just think the new 52 elevated him. Yeah. And uh, this is where we're at. We're, we're at Scott Snyder versus Jason Aaron. This, they're both fantastic writers, but man, if it came down to it, like, if I have Batman and Wolverine and the X-Men in front of me and I can only buy one of those books, some madman has me mm-hmm. in a room, gun to Paul's head, saying, <laughs> pick which one of these books. Ah. Uh. Uh, You'd be like, no, Paul could die. Yeah, it'd be an easy decision for me. I'd Paul could die. I'd go Batman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, John, go ahead. I'd, I'd have to go Batman. I'd have to go Scott Snyder. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I feel bad because Jason Aaron got all this way. But, you know, I was voting against him in the last round. <laughs> uh, I have to go with Scott Snyder also. I, just what he's doing and leading, even Swamp Thing. Just going with Swamp Thing alone, I would pick that book over. Wolverine and the X-Men, uh, and the, you know, knowing that he's working with Jeff Lemire on Animal Man, just creating 
a whole new mythology and working the old mythology as one thing together. Um, it's great. It's been a lot of fun. So, Scott Snyder. Wow. Congrats, Scott the, Snyder. Yeah. Best writer in, uh, from the two big, two big houses here. Sorry, Jason Aaron. No, I'd, I'd say congrats, Jason Aaron, because you did quite well. Yeah. A, a lot of big names in it. You know, he, I'm really interested into, uh, what is it, next week? Yeah, next we'll week be, we're doing the artists. Yeah, we're, we're going to discuss the artists to see who would be paired with Scott Snyder and Jason Aaron. And, uh, we'll tr- try to talk it out and see which books they, which book we would want to see them on. And I think we should say that, n- that they're not currently working on because if yeah. we just say yeah. Batman for Scott yeah, it was, Snyder. It'd be a, yeah, it'd be a completely new and different book for them to mm-hmm. do. So we're trying to think of obscure characters that you want to see. And, um, uh, that's well, it's gonna it's gonna depend on who's he's drawing it with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be completely different based on artist. If you agree with our bracket, uh, just leave a comment on our Facebook post. Or if you disagree, also leave it there and email us contact at bagnumboardcast dot com. Uh, anything else we want to tell them about? Chris went to. Uh, Toronto, the Toronto Comic Con, or uh, yeah, it was a uh, Toronto Comic Con by Hobby Star, who um throws on the fan expos that we've gone to for a bunch of years now. Um, mm-hmm. you've heard us cover those before. Um, we've got a little bit of a article up on the website about my time spent there, and uh, kind of some of the surprises that can happen when you're at a convention. All right, so bagandboard.com uh, for that. Bagandboard.com. John, anything else? No, I'm good. You're good. Watch Doctor Who. It's great. <laughs> I've been watching it all day. <laughs> and doing laundry. I'm doing laundry. It's true. I did those things today. There's also breakfast and masturbation. <laughs> you had a great day. Big day for you. Big day. Big day.